0: Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello there. Welcome to session 89 of Selling the Couch. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me for today's session It has been an adventurous few weeks here in Philly. I don't know what's going on, but there's this crazy heat wave. It has been unbearably hot. I feel like I'm back in Texas. Some days I wake up, I'm like, am I really in Philly? Like, why is it so hot here? But I'm hoping, actually when this episode releases, it is supposed to get a lot cooler. So I'm looking forward to much cooler temperatures. I'm looking forward to not being drenched as soon as I walk outside. But wherever you are, I hope you're enjoying much better weather than we are here. Today's podcast is going to be a treat. We're actually covering an aspect that has come up a lot in the Selling the Couch community. And it's just got me thinking about networking and building relationships. So the topic is how do we actually build relationships and expand our referral networks with non-therapists? So more specifically, my guest today is Jennifer McGurk. Jennifer is a registered nutritionist. She's a dietitian, and she works with a lot of clinicians who work with clients who struggle with eating disorders, So more specifically, we're going to cover a number of things, including how do you actually figure out who those other clinicians are that are working in the area that you're passionate about? So for example, whether it's depression or anxiety or eating disorders or whatever it is, ADHD, how do you figure out where those other clinicians are hanging out and how do you build relationships with them? And then. We're going to look at it from kind of Jennifer's perspective. As a dietitian. if there was another clinician that wants to build a relationship with her, how would she like that clinician to approach her? I thought that was kind of an interesting twist. So I hope that you're looking forward to hearing what Jennifer has to say. And then what are some of the things that she's found really helpful when clinicians approach her and what are some of the things that she has found not helpful when it has come to clinicians approaching her wanting to build relationships? Again, I thought both of these sort of dichotomous physicians would be helpful in figuring out what to do, but more importantly, what not to do. And then we wrap up with this idea of trust and building a referral network. And what are some of the things that Jennifer has felt like thinking about all the clinicians she's built relationships with, what are some of those things that have helped her feel like, oh wow, I can trust this clinician to be able to refer someone that really needs help. Before we get to today's podcast session, I just wanted to take a moment to thank Perry and the team of Brighter Vision for supporting this month's podcast. Brighter Vision is a company that works specifically with Therapists in private practice and they help us to create beautiful websites. So if you're thinking about creating a website, which you absolutely should be, but you just don't want to do that on your own and you feel kind of scared and intimidated, that's okay. Brighter vision is a company that has an outstanding reputation in our community. You can go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash brighter and you can get your first month absolutely free. So let's get right to today's conversation. So here is my conversation with Jennifer McGurk from eatwithknowledge.com. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to Selling the Couch.
1: Hi, Melvin. It's so great to be here with you.
0: I am looking forward to our conversation. We've connected and I just love your enthusiasm and how passionate you are about this topic. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I think... This is something in the Facebook community. We talk a lot about building relationships and the power of building relationships with other clinicians, but we really haven't talked much about, well, I know a lot of questions have come up with, how do you build relationships with folks that are outside of the mental health? So outside of like counselors, right? Other healthcare providers. Yes,
1: definitely. I think it's so important to build those relationships because- When really thinking about how to be a great counselor, you want to set up your client with a team approach. And a team approach includes various different healthcare professionals that can help that client with issues that you're trying to help them with
0: as well. Yeah, I like the way that you frame that. So I thought we could start with this question of how do you actually figure out what clinicians are working in the area that you're passionate about?
1: Okay, that's a great question. I think there's also two different... Kind of answers to that question in terms of you finding the clinicians that do the exact same work that you do with the client. So say therapist to therapist or dietitian to dietitian or even doctor to doctor. You want to set up networking and build relationships with people that do the exact same thing as you do. And there's lots of reasons why. But then the other second part of that answer is to find different relationships and clinicians that treat the same type of problems that you treat that are in different professions as you. Mm. So I'm in eating disorders. So I know that when I see an eating disorder client, that client not only needs a dietitian, but needs a therapist, a doctor, sometimes a psychiatrist, and different areas depending on exactly what they're struggling with.
0: This is such a subtle thing you said, but I love the approach, which is Thinking about the welfare of our clients and thinking about it from a a holistic perspective, I think if anything, I think it should relieve the pressure that any one clinician feels to take care of the client and to treat the client.
1: Yes, definitely. So in terms of being the only one treating a client, I have seen it over and over again. It really just does not work. Because a lot of clients need more support than just your area of expertise, but also think about it. They might see you once a week or every other week, and then they live with their issue the rest of the week, meaning there are so many hours in that, and they really probably need more support than what that once a week relationship will give them.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a great way of looking at it. So more specifically, so we're thinking of it on two different levels, right? So Mm -hmm degree to degree or field to field and then field or degree to like someone that's related to the field, right? Yes, definitely. I guess let's break it down into those two for you from your perspective, right? So how do you go about reaching out to like other dietitians in the area?
1: Okay, yeah. So in terms of Rockland County, there are two other dietitians that actually see eating disorder. So there's not a whole lot of people that I can actually reach out to. But in terms of other dietitians, there's probably a thousand here Hmm. that see clients for whatever types of reasons. So, I think it's important to not think of those people as your competition. A lot of times we think, oh, well, that person does the exact same thing as I do. I need to kind of separate myself from them somehow. But really, honestly, the person that I'm thinking of in terms of the other eating disorder dietitian here in Rockland is so close to me and we really help each other out a lot in terms of she takes insurance. I don't necessarily take insurance. We work different ways in different days of the week, so it's time. And style that are different. So, even though we do the exact same thing, there are differences in us. And one person is going to be right for me, and another person is going to be right for her. But the most important thing is that person finding the help that they need. So, if I'm not a right fit, of course I'm going to refer to someone else. And that really goes across the board with other professionals as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think coming from this perspective of abundance, right, and thinking about our clients first, right?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. So really, when it comes down to it, networking with other professionals that do the same thing as you do is so helpful for you, because you really get to know them. You might even do like peer supervision with them if they do the exact same thing as you do. And you really help each other out because you can support one another and help grow both of your practices at the same time.
0: So with the other dietitians that were in your area, how did you figure out like there were only two of them and how did you go about actually reaching out to them?
1: So I find that reaching out just depends on your own personal style. Like so some people like phone calls, some people like emails, you probably would meet other people that are in the same profession as you at meetings or clinical society stuff or any networking groups. I think just really going up to someone, whether or not it's in person or over the phone or through an email, and just introducing yourself feels so great just to kind of say like, hey, I'm here, I want to learn about you, I want to see what you do, exchanging business cards and really getting to know that person is forming an authentic relationship.
0: Absolutely. So it sounds like you met those two maybe through like just meetups or like local organizations you guys were both part of? Or
1: Yeah. So local organizations are great. And I'm trying to think about other different types of professionals right. when I give advice here too. But local organizations are great. Any networking groups, really thinking about any continuing education stuff that people go to. A lot of times, continuing education just isn't general information for therapists or dietitians. It's more specialized in the area that you might want to learn more about. So not being shy and really reaching out and going for that handshake for someone, meeting them, that's really the best way to kind of get to know some people.
0: Yeah, even I think about some of the more recent continuing ed stuff I've done. And even though it's been like specific, it was also catered to like different professions like different depending on whether you were a psychologist or a nurse practitioner or whatever it was you could get different CEUs right. So those are like great mm-hmm. opportunities.
1: Oh, definitely. And then again, that's also a great opportunity to meet other professionals in the area that you're specializing in. So whether or not it's something like mine, like eating disorders or depression or anxiety, or even like certain populations, like what if someone works with geriatrics, another person works with children, that if you're going to something like a continuing education course or an update on a topic, you can find other professionals there that are going to make a tribe or a team for your client.
0: So focusing on the second level of that, we've discussed some ways of reaching out to folks that are in your area. What about folks that are in related areas?
1: So whenever I think about building a team for my client, I think about who is that client? Like, what is that client struggling with? What do they need? What are the different areas that they need help with? So first of all, almost everybody needs a doctor. Like whether or not you're struggling with anxiety, depression, and eating disorder, anything. Usually a doctor is a 100% great person to have on your team. And think about how many clients that we've had that just don't go to the doctor right isn't it scary so we really do need medical professional on our team but then whatever other issues that that ideal client is struggling with we need those professions to help them so therapists of course are great nutritionists psychiatrists personal trainers the list really kind of goes on and on when you think about what are the issues that people struggle with we can really help build a great team approach around that person or that client
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Even like expanding out, like, even folks that aren't in the health space necessarily, like, right, coaches or whatever.
1: Yeah. And think about it. The perfect example that comes to mind is a personal trainer, because how are therapists related to personal trainers? But think about if someone has a personal trainer and that's really something that they're using, like in terms of using exercise to help alleviate anxiety or whatnot. If you reach out to that personal trainer with your client's permission and tell them and have a little bit of back and forth about what you guys are helping that client with, think about how many other clients that personal trainer might have that could refer to you.
0: Right. Yeah. Like in that example, that person is in front of several, many folks, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And that person has a relationship with people already. So I think the relationship referral is so much stronger than just someone seeing a business card or seeing an ad or seeing something like that. But if a person already trusts another healthcare professional and that healthcare professional says, hey, this therapist is really great. Maybe you should see him. It's an awesome type of networking, because that person means so much more than just an ad.
0: Yeah, no, I love that you said that, because I think that's one lesson that I've learned this year is you could have the best podcast, you can have the best product, you could provide awesome services. But it's one thing for you to say it, but when someone else that the person trusts, when they say it, it takes a different weight.
1: Definitely. And then when you think about building a team for a client, If they hear the same message and the professionals behind the client are communicating the same type of stuff, they get better a lot faster. They get well. They get more support, and it really helps them and helps both of your professions kind of shine through.
0: I love this exercise because I just like my brain is like flying because I never thought about it. Like in terms of a holistic perspective, if you put the client at the center, right, and think about all the different people that they mm-hmm. would interact with professionals. I mean yes. And that just gives you a great framework of one serving the client but also figuring out who it is that you need to build the relationships with.
1: Definitely. And actually one of my supervisors a few years ago, her name is Jessica Stutnik. She She's an amazing eating disorder dietitian. She's like a guru in my field. Mm. She actually told me that your clients are not your clients, but your clients are the professionals that refer actual clients to you because you want to keep those professional relationships going, because those are really technically source of your private practice. So when you think about it that way, it opens up so many doors.
0: It's like my mind is kind of blown here. (laughs) (laughs) You're a dietitian. And I wanted to kind of just talk at it more from a personal level, just shifting a little bit. So yeah, if there was another clinician that wants to build a relationship with you, I realize this isn't like one size fit all. But How would you like for them to approach you?
1: So many people have approached me in the past. And it's so funny because I get a detailed email one day explaining everything that someone does in terms of services to clients. And then I've actually gotten a text message with misspelled things from someone saying, hey, what do you do again? And it's like the opposite ends of the extreme. So I feel like we have to remember that we should reach out to someone in the way that we want to be spoken to in terms of, I love it when people call me or email me and ask me out to lunch or coffee or in a professional meeting. I think that that really sets that person apart from someone that might text message you or something like that. But if you are going to text message, I know that that's the way of the future. But still, I think it's much more professional to email or call or even go for that handshake in an in-person meeting.
0: You said something, which again, is very subtle. But I think it's very powerful, which is I think when it comes to networking, a lot of times we feel this pressure to like cast this really wide net and get as many referral sources as possible. But it's really the power of it is building those relationships one at a time. Right.
1: Yes, 100%. Because when you think about general versus specialist, Mm -hmm. a general person might need 100 different referral sources to make a practice. When you think about a specialist, they might only need 10 different networking relationships to build their practice. And I don't know about you, 10 relationships is a lot better because they're more authentic and you can do more with them versus 100.
0: Yeah, right. It's also easier to cultivate, but also to kind of continue to build it over time.
1: Definitely. And I think being so passionate about the niche that you're in is important, because you don't want to fake these relationships, like you want them to be authentic. And I mean, I don't know if it is possible to fake a relationship like that, because I just feel like people get so burnt out. Like this is going to be a relationship that you really do want to create a friendship with or a professional relationship with, because you guys are both passionate in the same area, helping that client with whatever they're struggling with. That is really what kind of makes your relationship work.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, what you alluded to earlier, which is when the focus is on our clients and helping them in the best way possible, that opens up a whole different like mindset.
1: Yes. 100%. Now,
0: yeah. What are some of the, just shifting a little bit, but more specifically, it sounds like having that personal connection is really helpful for you, right? Like when a clinician reaches out to you, not just like a random text message with a misspelling or something, yeah. but like a personal email or a call or just inviting you out to lunch. The other side of it, what are some more things that you have not found helpful besides that random misspelling?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's so funny that you say that. I think what I do is very specific. So as a dietitian, I really believe in like a health at every size approach, and I'm never going to put anyone on the A weight loss diet or a restrictive type of eating plan. But as a dietitian, sometimes people reach out to me that are like, oh, hey, do you want to promote this supplement or do you want to promote Mm -hmm. this weight loss drug? And I just think, oh my God, that is the exact opposite of what I would stand for. If you read my website or knew anything about me, you would not approach me Mm -hmm. with that type of information. So I think one of the most non helpful things is really not getting to know the person that you're trying to approach. Mm -hmm. You might want to do a little background check on them in a sense read their website read some of their blogs get to know their stance on certain issues before you approach them because I think you're going to impress them if you know something about them
0: yeah and you stand out right
1: yeah definitely
0: again I feel like we keep going back to this but I feel like if we were a little bit more intentional and just took a little bit more time to focus on each individual relationship it would be so much better yes even like a personal thing like I'm on LinkedIn, right? And I get a lot of requests from colleagues, but, and there are these private messages and I can tell it's just like, they've like mass sent these messages. I'm like, but I don't know you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. And that's why I think so many people do send those typical general messages in LinkedIn. It's on Facebook. It's through your email. You really want to connect with someone in a relationship in order to form that referral type of networking. Because think about it, you're not going to get a random LinkedIn message and then say, oh, hey, I have to refer lots of people to you because I'm really passionate about what you do. But if you meet someone for lunch or meet someone for coffee and get to know them, you might think a little bit differently after actually having like a personal connection with them or a phone call. That's just as good in terms of if you location-wise can't meet with someone
0: one of the things that we were talking about before we got started was just the power of these relationships and how they've led to like future collaborations. Right? Yeah. Um, So tell us a little bit more about that, because I just thought that was such a cool way of looking at it.
1: Yeah. So if you think about the collaboration between professionals in terms of clients, a lot of times it's really important to make sure that your client feels supported in whatever they're struggling with. So if they know that you are talking to their other healthcare professionals, first of all, it actually prevents splitting too, which is really important in terms of clients picking and choosing what areas they're going to talk about with their professional at that given moment. But it really is important to portray that message to the client from every single healthcare professional so everyone's on the same page because it sends a really powerful message that we're here for you and we're standing up to whatever issue you're going through. We're here to help you and that collaboration really sends a really strong message to whatever disease they might be struggling with, whether it's depression or an eating disorder or anxiety or whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Again, the focus becomes on the client. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the final question... What are some things that you have found for you that let you know that, hey, I can trust this clinician?
1: So I think that's really important because therapists always say like that initial gut reaction when they're meeting with a client, whether or not they know it's a right match for them. And I feel that too as a dietitian. whenever I have a client in here, like I know I'm connecting with you. This is a right match. This is a good match. I think the same goes for professionals. I feel like you get that sense almost instantly whether or not it's a good match professional-wise. And then certain things can confirm that whether or not the work that they're doing is authentic and you feel like they're really supporting your client in goals. But I think it's that gut feeling that I feel like so many of us talk about when it comes to clients. Why can't we have that when it comes to professionals too? Yeah,
0: I like that. Jennifer, thank you so much for doing this. I'm so glad that we've been able to connect. What are some of the best ways that folks can get in touch with you?
1: Yeah. So my practice, Eat With Knowledge, is in Nyack, New York. It's 45 minutes north of New York City. That website is www.eatwithknowledge.com. And my professional website is www.pursuingprivatepractice.com. I wrote two books on starting a business and growing a business, and they're both available on Amazon.
0: Awesome! You are a busy person. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much again for doing this.
1: No problem. It was my pleasure.
0: Hello there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jennifer. I was struggling to not take notes during this session, but it was just so interesting to hear from a non-therapist about relationship building, and I hope that you took a lot of information away. There was a couple of things that really stood out, and I actually... We started talking about this in the session, that idea of really expanding your referral network by thinking about the clinicians that also work with the ideal clients that you work with, right? Well, actually, it even doesn't have to be clinicians, and I think that's sort of where my mind had always been, but it can be really anyone that is in front of the people that you want to work with. And so a really practical exercise that I came up with after this session, I encourage you to do it as well, is to just take out a blank sheet of paper, put your name in the middle, put a circle around it, and then draw out little arrows from that circle. Before you even get down to specific names, think about the different vocations, the different organizations that might be in front of the people that you want to work with. So for example, I want to work with entrepreneurs. And one of the things that I've done here recently is there's several amazing co-working spaces in Philly. A co-working space is basically folks that are freelancers otherwise might work from home. This is a place where they can gather together and just be in community and support one another. I've reached out to several co-working spaces here in Philly. I want to just see how I can support them because I know they do such important work in the world and we'll just go from there. So do this exercise and think about all the different organizations and people that might be in front of the people that you want to work with and then go from there. Jennifer mentioned a number of resources and a lot of tips, so I wrote them down in show notes. So these are just bullet-pointed summaries of some of the things and the key takeaways from the session. You can find that at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number eight nine. As we wrap up, I just wanted to take a moment to again thank the folks at Brighter Vision for supporting today's podcast session. Brighter Vision is this company that helps therapists create beautiful websites. Again, if the thought of creating a website, but more importantly, managing your website month after month with all of the other stuff that one has to deal with being a private practitioner. If that thought just intimidates you, scares you, or you're just at a point where you're like, I don't want to manage all of this. I'd rather outsource some of this stuff. I encourage you to check out Brighter Vision to help you create and manage your website. And you can do that at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Brighter Vision, all one word. And that gives you your first month absolutely free. And then it's a very reasonable cost right for every month right afterwards. And again, that's a tax write-off as long as it's being used for your small business, which it is. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Again, Jennifer's website is at eatwithknowledge.com. If you'd like to continue this conversation, we'll be having it in the Selling the Couch community, all about networking and building relationships. And you can find that at sellingthecouch.com forward slash community. Have a great week. Thank you again for tuning in. Take good care. Bye.